0: So that's why I want people thinking. Okay, everybody can write a script. Everybody can generate an email and automate their inbox and make a cool image of a, of a of a thing or whatever. What comes next? What happens when all of the baseline is that good, right? And by the way, I'm not sure I know all those answers myself. I, in fact, I would argue I do not know most of those answers. But what happens as, you know, they used to say that software eats the world, and so now AI is going to start eating software. So what does that mean next?
1: Welcome to Humans of AI, where we tell the real stories of those who are building an AI or are making use of it in their daily lives. Today's guest is Jeremy Toman, the founder of AugX Labs, an AI video technology startup, helping creators make compelling videos at a fraction of the time and effort. If you wanna catch the latest episodes of the Humans of AI podcast, make sure to subscribe and check out my free AI newsletter, Chaos Theory, and find me on social at Alex Chowmander. Now, without further ado, Here's my talk with Jeremy. All right. Hello, everybody. I'm here joined with Jeremy. He's the founder of AugX Labs, and he's been a media veteran for the past 30 years and many brand names that you all have heard about uh, and has worked on many different projects that uh, some are very public and maybe some that he's uh, willing to share the the ups and downs of. So Jeremy, welcome to the Humans of AI podcast. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Uh, I'll actually hand it off to you if you want to do a more lengthy introduction of yourself
0: sure thanks alex uh no i i always I, I think about the 30-year thing and it's it caused me a little pause at times because i remember when i was first getting started but yeah you're, you, you you nailed it i've been in the media tech space my whole career i was the first employee in at a company called sling media which made a product called the sling box which if you've never heard of it, but you have heard of Sling TV, uh, that is actually the 20-year evolution of that brand. It used to be a hardware device that would let you stream your TV over the internet pre-YouTube, pre-Netflix. From there, I've been involved with other startups that you may have heard of, like Sonos and Voodoo. Then I spent a few years at bigger companies. I worked uh, and ran product for CBS and CBS Interactive for about four years and then uh when i moved to new york i spent the past couple of years running product and innovation at warner media and i left there in october of 2021 to start this startup uh in in january of
1: 22 awesome i mean i think you probably are very uniquely positioned to build a startup in this space just with your breadth of experience and, and knowledge maybe first question to you is as someone who's who's been in this media tech landscape. I guess what's the take for it right now? like what's 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 the sentiment that you are witnessing maybe your friends, your colleagues in this current AI moment where, yeah, it's, it's many things are being redone and rethought of.
0: I think you know that meme of the dog sipping coffee going, everything's okay. Uh, or it's all fine. Everything's fine. I'm not sure what you know the where everything's on yeah. fire. i yeah. I think. You know, that, that's I don't mean it quite so harshly, but I think it is a time of maybe impending chaos might be the better phrase. It's not about doom at all. In fact, I think of anything, the creative potentials that are about to get unlocked are, are amazing. But I think it's also causing people to be very confused. What what are the right things? What are the wrong things? You know, the media industry took longer than I think people wanted to embrace like YouTube and TikTok and sampling and remix culture. But at the same time, actually, I think, hopped into it faster than than I might have predicted they would. So I think we're going to see a very similar thing like, you know, wait, 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 wait. Is this going to cause us to to lose our shirts? Or is this an opportunity to build the next great, uh, you know, Marvel-style empire or something like that? And, and I think it's candidly just way too soon to really have a true answer to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've seen personally many waves of disruption and change, new devices, new form factors and all that. I mean, would you say that the media industry is more forward thinking or actually even more conservative than it shows itself uh, to be?
0: That's a really interesting question. I think, can I answer both in different ways? I think When you meet the people in these companies, you'll find there's tremendous forward thinking. I've been, you know, I remember conversations in the early 2000s about independent streaming services, about uh, embracing, as I said before, remix culture, letting people kind of use clips in different ways. And I also remember a conversation after the year 2010, where a major broadcast network executive, was still questioning whether or not they should have moved to high-definition television. So, and, and by the way, not from a, is it better? Cause of course it is, but from a, the amazing costs involved, I don't think most people have any idea how expensive it became to move from broad standard definition to high definition. So it, it truly is a little bit of both. I think the AI stuff is, is really scary for a lot of people right now. Being able to write a script, I mean, my product writes scripts for people, you know, and so I personally know people who write scripts. My, per, my product makes it easier to do video editing. I know many video editors. Uh, we're looking, I mean, from where we sit, we believe the AI is mostly an additive element, uh, but I don't think everybody believes that. And I think in many different kind of specific camps, it can be pretty scary.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's one thing to say that you're forward thinking or say that you're, you know, embracing it. But I think when it starts disrupting some of the core of your operations of how you've done things of, yeah, even just the standards of creating a movie, a film, a TV show, a music video, it's like, wow, okay. It's either you kind of get on the train or you you watch it pass by you.
2: Yeah.
0: And 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 by the way, there are other complicated aspects of this that I think most people don't recognize if you're not sort of in the industry. Uh, You know, a lot of people became aware that Mickey Mouse entered uh, or exited copyright protection this year. I don't think people really understand like what that actually means, other than the specific nuance of of Mickey itself. Uh, So that'd be one comment. But the second one is, you know, when an actor is in a movie, they may or may not have the rights to be able to decide can their footage be used in a promo right like oftentimes you'll have like uh like a fast food chain will be connected to a big movie promo right especially like big blockbusters but it's possible that actor a has said no you can't use any footage with me in it in those promos so now amplify that to what ai can do and like the the, you know like i want to see you know superman eating a burrito on the top of the empire state building while holding uh uh, uggs boots or whatever right like (laughs) we can generate that whose rights did we just infringe i you know i don't even know the list i just mentioned right so Mm -hmm. i think that's also causing people pause so even if a studio really wanted to say you know what we want to make our stuff available we want to embrace this whole ai remix culture etc they might not even be allowed to use half of their own content to do it. So um, that's why when I say that they move fast, I think it's surprising how fast they can move at times. Uh, HBO Max probably being the most recent example I'd have, uh, but, but so many more out there as well.
1: Yeah, I would characterize the last year um, as being we have started to discover what are the Capabilities of modern AI and these large language model foundation models, what they can do, but we the law and all the associations with it, right, that hasn't caught up there. And if anything, right, if I was I think I was reading something that the even copyright law is like founded on like some decades old or like just like really old standards or or ways of of, of thinking, and we've kind of fitted whatever technology has come out to that like old definition
0: and that's very true there's a lot of i mean it's it's literally 70 years old in some aspects of the clauses in there and, and and older in some parts a lot has been modernized but but you're right there's a lot that's just like well we we made this all sort of work so good luck with it all
1: well as now a founder building in this space um as opposed to being a media executive i guess uh, can you first walk through that journey? Like, how, how how did you even get to this point of of taking the founder path?
0: Well, I will fess up. This isn't my st- first startup by a long shot. I I actually came out of college uh, straight into sort of startup life. Um, so I spent most of my first. Ten years at a variety of startups. So while at school, I had started a web development consultancy. You know, this was the late '90s when all you had to do was build a web page and you were a genius. You know, and so I did that for a little while. Uh, When I went to MediaBolic and then Sling, those were much more established companies. So I had the opportunity to learn at a very young age from some very very impressive entrepreneurs and learn a lot about kind of that, you know, the perseverance, the determination the ups and downs, you know, I had exposure to that throughout my 20s and even into my 30s. So really, when I left Warner, I wasn't dead set that the next thing I had to do would be startup. Um, Although this concept had been sort of circling in my head around that time. For me, it was a matter of I started showing the idea to people after i had left the company. So December of that year, I'd start showing, showing the idea to people. And one after another just kept responding like, oh my goodness, you, you should really actually build that. And, um, when, you know, when you go to the people you respect the most and they tell you to do a thing and they all tell you to do the same thing, you do the thing and you see what happens. And I think the biggest benefit I have as an older entrepreneur now is candidly, just not making all the same mistakes I made all the last few times. Right. I, I have the benefit of seeing what not to do. As much as seeing what to do, that's oh, really good. Um, we'll we'll get back to that
1: um, later on. But if you have a, a demo available to, of your of the current product, I'd love to love
0: to see it. Absolutely, let's have a little fun. So, welcome to Augie, and this is our interface. This is my dashboard. As you can see, I make a lot of videos. In fact, I've made you know only one today, but yesterday was like about a dozen. And so, what we're going to do actually is we'll make a video right now live. I'm one of those guys that we're going to just throw all caution to the wind. So are you ready? Are are we cool for live, Alex? Please. I love live. All right. (laughs) So our product lets you do a lot of things. If you already have like a webcam recording, like we could use this podcast, for example, you can upload that and easily make like picture in picture style, like John Oliver weekend update videos. If you already have a script written, you can use that. But so many of our users, 70% of businesses today make no video. So our vision here is to help them. And the first thing we do is we use the phrase, you know, we're teaching them to fish, right? Like a lot of people don't realize that video is not just one thing, right? My business needs of video are many. So today, if we decide we're going to do an educational video, it's very different than doing an SEO style video. But so we'll make an educational video. We'll have some fun. We're going to do, in fact, I keep saying fun. So let's make it fun. Uh, Alex, give me a couple of hobbies of yours. Oh, actually, Hi. you know what? Podcasting. We're just going to do t- like... Um, why being a podcaster is really energizing? Does that sound good? Yes. So you know, let's say um, you're a social media manager at one of the podcast companies, right? Uh, um, uh, uh, any of them from from Spotify on up. So you want to make videos for social on like why should you keep making more stuff? So we generate the script. We have a modified version of ChatGPT to do this. And I can come in and make tweaks to this wherever I want. Uh, I'm just going to leave it be for sake of conversation. I can record it myself, so I can just literally hit record and go. We also have voice cloning features, so you can see I have a cloned voice here. And we have over 100 different AI voices. Hi, I'm Adam, and I'll be the voice of your Augie today.
2: Hi, I'm Abigail, and I'll be...
0: So as you can hear, we have many, many different kinds, and we actually have different ages and genders and uh, dialects, and, and so we have Australian, we have urban, et cetera. For today, I'm just going to pick, you know, I like Brad. I'll just go with Brad. And we're going to continue along. And this just takes a couple seconds to go, and what it's doing is actually generating the first version of the audio of this. So we can now take a quick listen.
2: Are you ready to embark on a journey where you're That's a little heavy,
0: but we're gonna go with it anyway. Now we can decide, are we gonna maybe make a TikTok style video or more maybe YouTube or a website? You can also change that after the fact. Now, part of what's key for us, is we partnered with Getty Images. So all of the content here that says stock, actually we include commercial rights. So our customers can use this unlimited anywhere they need to, uh, with the exception of TV commercials, but everywhere else they need Facebook ads, social ads, Google ads, whatever it might be. But if you're making an internal video, maybe you want to fill it up with just memes or things like that. Uh, you can also choose to use your own content for everything. But let's pretend you know, you're know you like you and me, we don't have any real video background or I'm guessing you might not, most people don't seem to, um, and you don't have archives of footage and years of B-roll to work with. So we're going to make a video today just from that stock content. So what it's doing is we like to use the phrase that we turn your words into videos. So we listen to every spoken word. We understand the timing of when they're spoken. We also understand the cadence of the speaker's voice so that we can create a natural storyboard based on what's being said. And then lastly, you can see it's happening right now. We analyze the context of each one of those and try to get a matching image out of stock Clips to make the story come to life. If I had selected to use my own media, obviously I would use my own clips instead of stock. So here we go. The power of podcasting, our videos are ready to go. Let's take a look. And the first thing we show the user is called a rough cut report. This is to let them know that A, we save them a whole lot of time, but B, not all of the time. And this is really important for us. Is we're trying to explain you know you, you use ai and, and and i'm sure most of your listeners know sometimes a hand will have an extra thumb or finger or something like that Well, the same thing happens true in our AI. So we're actually pretty transparent about it. We think you're still going to need a few more minutes to edit this video. Uh, By the way, for for those of you who are just listening, uh, I'm in our user interface right now, which basically shows a timeline view at the bottom of my screen, a preview view in the right-hand side of my screen, and an editing view in the left-hand side of my screen. And what I'm going to do now is just listen to the first 10, 15 seconds. Let's see how we did.
2: Are you ready to embark on a journey where your words have the power to inspire, educate, and entertain? Being a podcaster is like being the captain of a ship, charting your course through the vast seas of knowledge, and sharing your discoveries with the world.
0: Okay, so what those who are watching will know is it got about one in five right. Uh, It got the context of it, but didn't quite align it to podcasting. What's special about our product and the reason our users choose us is specifically this. In the next one 90 second, one minute, 90 seconds, I'm going to turn this from being a mismatch to being a perfect match. So watch this. The first thing I'm going to do is instead of this embark on, uh, although I do actually like the plane taking off journey, when it says time to educate and entertain, instead of a woman cooking a Turkey, for some reason, (laughs) I'm actually going to switch this to show an audience of people clearly being listening to something, the next clip shows podcasters. So that's a great choice. But the last one is this captain of the ship charting your course. Well, I'll try that. I'm going to say captain, and let's see what kind of content we get. And sure enough, I'm seeing lots of different examples. In this case, it's actually a lot of pilots. uh, So I can even get more specific and say ship captain if I want. And what is happening is we're getting the results of literally uh, hundreds of matches from Getty's content library to help bring this story to life. The last thing I'm going to do on sharing discoveries, I'm going to really override this and just say the word podcast. And sure enough, I've got a whole bunch of people recording podcasts. I'll just, well, this is someone listening to one. I'll do this guy who's recording one. So I've done some edits to our video. I'm going to do two more things, though. On this clip, I'm going to apply a little filter, just make it a little more vivid color. I'm also going to bring some background music into our video. And if, uh, if, if we're gonna put it maybe on TikTok or, or, or on YouTube, I'm gonna add closed captioning. We've added automatic subtitles and we have a bunch of pre-built in kind of fun text effects. So you've been watching me this whole time. It's been under two minutes. Let's see the difference from when we started to where we are
2: today. You ready to embark on a journey where your words have the power to inspire, educate and entertain. Being a podcaster is like being the captain of a ship charting your course through the vast seas of knowledge and sharing your discoveries with the world.
0: Right. So completely different from the beginning. In fact, I can get a little more granular here and say, you know, when, uh, the embark on a journey part and your words have the power to inspire, I'm going to actually decide, I'm just going to come over here to our words. There's a little plus button. I'm going to tap that. And what it's done is it's made the word inspire a whole new slot in my storyboard. So what we've tried to do is make using, um, your text, your script itself, the easiest way to navigate your own content. And so now I'm going to take your words of power. I'm going to, again, do, um, I'm going to do microphone this time. And I'm sure I'll get someone speaking into a microphone. Let's see if I can get it really, I kind of like this one over here. And so then that's that part of my video. So let's do one last quick check.
2: Are you ready to embark on a journey where your words have the power to inspire, educate, and entertain? Be-
0: right. So night and day from where we started. And that's the thing. Sometimes our AI matches, by the way, sometimes I'll look at the videos and I'll only make one change the whole video. Sometimes I'll change almost every slot. Sometimes I'll also use my own content, right? Maybe I've recorded uh, or have uploaded in this case, uh, I recorded content from, um, from myself, from my archives. I was at the conference recently. I showed demos of our own product. So you can also incorporate your own media and then the thing we've most recently integrated, and by the time this episode goes live, will be fully live, is our storyteller feature. And what storyteller lets people do is is truly bring a story to life. So uh, this is using generative AI, and what I'll do is I'll just show um, one quick example of this, and we'll get back to the rest of the discussion. So this is a prompt. Uh, it was Akash the dinosaur. A friend of mine has a kid named Akash, and uh, this is Akash the dinosaur loves the stars in the style of a kid's CGI movie.
2: Once upon a time, there was a little dinosaur named Akash, who loved to stare up at the night sky, gazing at the twinkling stars. He loved to see shooting stars fly by, but mostly just wondered what these little fires in the sky could mean. He even made up lots of animals he imagined in the sky, like a crab, a bull, a lion, and even a little dipper.
0: And that was Akash, the dinosaur, and so that's the basics of Augie. The last thing that we've also have in our product is to be able to do natural language search around your own content. Uh, so to do a quick demo of this, um, so for my demo, I uploaded a piece of, uh, I uploaded a YouTube clip of a Fast and Furious movie. But think about it: if I've got hours and hours of B-roll or hard drive footage, if I want to find, say, a car chase. this is going to go look through that video. We use computer vision to analyze the entire contents, but sure enough, here's plus or minus three seconds of every car chase in this movie. If I want to see uh, explosions, I can look for explosions. So the ability to use your own content to tell your story, find clips faster and easier. We're going to do auto-trimming in the next couple of builds. Uh, We really try to make it the easiest way to get a story from nothing to something uh, on the internet, and that's what Augie does.
1: I guess one question, quick question is um, are there current limitations in terms of the length of uh, video that you're able to generate?
0: Great question. So on the Storyteller feature again, which we're just launching now, it's a one-minute max length um, that's you know, and that's a product that's really not for commercial use, that's for personal use. Our core product, Augie itself, the current limitation is 10 minutes, and we'll be increasing that to over an hour over uh, Q2. So our commercial launch will be happening a little later this year, and that's when we'll extend the limits to much, much longer.
1: Yeah, I guess one product question that I have is, um, is it actually better to generate the much longer thing at the beginning? Or is it better to especially if you want coherence i don't i don't know uh it's like the the dinosaur example right sometimes the dinosaur is cha- changing shape changing changing you know looks and all that like is it is that better to do it longer like end to end versus like saying hey condition on this previous clip generates something that's coherent for the next clip and so on
0: and so on that's a great question. Actually, you're you're 100% right. And in fact, if I showed you, if I made another one now, it would be high, much more consistent because we we fixed that in our prompting. Uh, I just love that little video because it's so cute. Um, so uh, we do have that now. We have consistent character generation from start to finish. Uh, excuse me. That is part of the challenge of making it longer. It's also why we don't consider it a commercial tool at this point um, beyond any concerns over AI and legality and copyright. It's, uh, first of all, using a model that's not commercially designed, but also I think, you know, we work with so many brands, fortune 100 companies, et cetera, they're really waiting for this technology to be, you know, pixel perfect level things. Right. Mm-hmm. So for now we like it as a bedtime storyteller because it's fun for parents and, and, and kids and all that. Uh, and then as the tech behind it gets more robust, that'll increase. Again, on the core product on Augie itself, which is a more of a business tool, um, we don't run into this nearly the same kind of questions or thoughts, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I guess for, I'm sure the ambition and the the overall space that you all can potentially go after is, is very huge, but I guess this more of a startup builder, builder question is, how do you choose or to prioritize? How do you How do you say like hey we're a startup we can only have so many resources so many people Uh, we're gonna only focus on on these things how did you arrive at that at those decisions
0: we've done a ton of research we do every year i'm sorry not every year uh we have done a a study every year on on attitudes around marketing and video now it includes ai as well of course Uh, but we also are constantly engaging with our users and having to prioritize what do they need and what are they looking for. What we're finding with our product is the people who use it the most are marketers, social media marketers, et cetera. People who have a need for more video more frequently, they don't have huge budgets, or even if they do, their teams are fully, fully taxed. And, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to a brand today and they made a comment that they put all this work into making like a simple TikTok ad, right? Or, or even just a just a, a thought leader video, like the, the podcasting one we just did, within 24 hours, the value of that video has gone to roughly zero, right? Mm-hmm. When it first went live, it was important because it hits the algorithm and you get your engaged audience, but nobody's really going back and looking at huge, I mean, it's one thing if you're a celebrity or an entertainer, right? But if you're a brand, you know, and you're just trying to keep up with the users and where they are, you have to get a lot more comfortable today with the notion that some of your content doesn't have much of a longevity to it. And so when we talk to those marketing managers, that's what they love about our product. For those use cases, you know, putting in a little B-roll, putting in some product shots, and then shoving uh, 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 stock images and such in the rest works great, right? If on the other hand, they're doing their you know Super Bowl ad, they're doing that with high production caliber, right? It's a different market, a different audience, different need. So we're helping really a lot of, of people think in our space on... On, I use the term "good enough" not like as a pejorative, but is it good enough for your brand to push your objectives downfield and not tarnishing your brand? Right? Is it? Is it look something of your caliber? Right? If it's interesting, if you go look at massive brands' use of advertising on like Instagram, TikTok, and others. The truth is that the quality of the athlete but that is completely subpar relative to what they do on TV. So we're just really trying to help them a lot with that kind of video. We also have a lot of people using it for training videos, explainer videos, um, uh, internal kind of videos, etc. et cetera.
1: The use cases are many. and it's it's a very interesting actually to me that you we're we're kind of entering this age where the tools to create are becoming more and more ubiquitous. and, Like even in the TikTok app itself, they've given you so many filters, so many things to just be able to create actually something very impressive. Um, And I guess there's this like larger question around the, I mean, it's like quantity versus quality. But I think it's deeper. It's like, you know, in the past, right, we would like art pieces or or things that people have, have created, like paintings today, right, still have very high value. If anything, they're like in a, very appreciating asset, um, but like in this age of AI, right? Where, yeah, with a click of a button, you can create something, but as you said, right? And within what, 24 hours, the, the the value of it has, you know, kind of just goes to zero. Well, it's just like, okay, are we moving towards this future where anything that's created post 2022, 2023 uh, is now just not gonna have as much value? And, you know, everything before that is like, okay, these are like, what you, antiques or like Antigua, the classics collectibles, classics collectibles, that yeah. type of thing?
0: I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. My prediction is this so, so we get 70% of businesses do not and cannot use video to promote themselves today. That is, for lack of a better phrase, completely out of whack with consumer behavior, right? 95% of audiences will say the number one way they want to learn about something is through video. So, that, you know, sort of, for lack of a better phrase, supply and demand is an inherent problem that will naturally correct itself. Whether it's AI or not, it doesn't actually matter. But the, will there be a lot more video? Absolutely. There's no there's no way to get away from it. We're already at, I don't even, I don't remember the last stat I read, a billion hours uploads a day, something like on that nation. I mean, it's it's insane and it just keeps going up. I think my prediction is less about, will there be so much and more about, will there be enough of the caliber of content you as an audience want to consume or will your feed effectively turn into sludge? Right. And that's the way we're starting to think about it. And and my belief in both the algorithms of the social media video channels combined with consumer behavior combined with content creation sort of values says to me that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of junk content out there, but most of it is just sort of going to disappear into the sideline. Like, Same way I can read the New York Times or a random blog or an AI-generated article on, you know, is this really news.com or whatever, right? Making that up, I don't know if that's a thing. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of the same parallels. There will be the obviously high quality, obviously phone in and then obviously spammy AI content. So I don't think it's the tools per se. I think it's more of the... we already get spam spam is already a real world problem in literally every platform not just email so i don't think the notion that if you can make it cheap enough will people you know blast audiences with content yeah they're gonna i do believe though that both people will reject the content they don't want and that'll help the algorithms with their own feeds uh and it'll also push content creators to make sure that they're spending their time on distinguished content, right? Part of how we look at Augie is, you know, we help a content creator make, make a video, regardless of the storyteller and the generative stuff, just the core assembling and building blocks, right? Being able to take your B-roll, take your old stuff and put it into new stuff, right? That gives you, you know, it's, it's a tool in the toolbox. Um, a lot of the times I'll say to people, everybody can use a, use a, a, a text editor, right? Everyone can write a text or an email. Most business people can make some form of a spreadsheet, whether it's a budget or, or a simple tracker or whatever. Most business people can make some form of a presentation, slideshow, PowerPoint, etc. Most business people cannot make a video, right? So what happens when that changes is sort of how I start to look at it. That.
1: That, is, that is very true. I Even on our own teams, right, when we need to create some type of video content. We There's a whole separate org that's all about, all about production and and all that to, to get something out. And I can definitely see, even for my own use cases, for my own work, it's like, hey, I, I just need to communicate an idea. And yes, I can communicate it with a slide or with a drawing or something. But I think video, I think we've even seen this through some products like Loom, where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Gonna, Record a very quick voiceover over my page, so I, you know, as I'm demoing something, you know, what what it is that you're seeing. Um, so yeah, I I definitely can see that future of just useful, but more frequent and scalably made content.
0: Exactly, and you know, again, if we give you the tools, you get to decide what that content is, right? And so we actually have video professionals using our product already because for them. One of their core jobs is they often have to send a quick rough cut. They have to send an idea. I want to make a video sort of like this. With Augie, they can do that without without wasting hours and hours of their time only to get told, no, we don't want anything like that, right? So this lets them make rapid prototypes, rapid concepts, and then they go back into Premiere Pro or Avid or one of the other tools and make a high production value version of that same thing. So that's how we look at already, you know, people are starting to adapt and evolve as the tools come to market.
1: Well, you mentioned earlier that this is not your first rodeo in terms of entrepreneurship and the founder journey, but that this time around, right, that you uh, bear the the battle scars of of being a founder and and all the lessons that, that come with it. Uh, could you share with the audience maybe a couple of those lessons that you're directly applying as you're building Augie?
0: Well, I think one of the words you used earlier, uh, you asked me a question about focus. I think focus is key. We've we've been maniacally focused on effectively the same vision for the entirety of this org. Uh, events and, and data has, has sort of shifted that. So for example, when Eleven Labs, I'm sure you know, uh, emerged on the scene, we quickly recognized our product could get a lot more interesting if people could just write a script, not just record a script right? Until that moment, the only way to use Augie was to upload an MP3, right? Now you could just type a thing and all of a sudden you get you get the voice for it. So we've been trying to watch what's happening in the industry. Same thing. We, we were building this before LLMs and ChatGPT. ChatGPT showed up. We built a script writer with it because once again, we're helping sort of with this end-to-end nature of things. So staying very focused on what are you trying to build, what is the market you're going after? What are their needs and demands and pain points? Has been key for us this whole time. Uh, so that's one. I think probably another one is is really. Um, I don't want to use the word frugal because it might convey the wrong thing, but paying a lot of you know I, I use the there's a common phrase is spend the money like it's your own, and and that's really like how I like to think and how to run the company. It lets us really last longer you know economy's a little tricky the the venture venture climate's turned a little bit so by being very very diligent with with finances at the same time spending very well so recognizing for example we brought in a fractional cmo Uh, she was more expensive as an individual than than a lot of people might have been but i get someone who's an absolute expert in their space and I don't need them full-time right now. Maybe down the road, I'll need them full-time. So trying to think very carefully, like, if I need to spend money, and, and I might need to spend a lot of money, spend it very well, right? Mm-hmm. Try not to do that. And I think my last one is on, on really building a organization and a culture that, that people want to stay with. People want to work here. People want to be part of, right? And not... You know, we have some, we we have fully remote. We get together as a team a couple times a year. Actually, we're working to do it quarterly uh, where we both bond and, and work hard, but also have some fun and do some volunteer. We actually always do a volunteering activity. So really trying to build both the company with a with a specific vision, be an efficient leader, but also build a kind of place where people, you know, want to wake up and, and, and work at every day. I think those have been sort of a lot of my guiding principles this time around.
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of wisdom there, uh, especially in this changing macro environment where, you know, it, it's amazing that we're getting all this efficiency and productivity with AI. But at the same time, yeah, if you're, especially if you're a new venture, it's like, oh, the the dollars are harder to come by then, than uh, it was before. So you really have to actually make do with less. Uh, use these tools for yourself, you know, get more productive, scale out your own capabilities and yeah do do the work of a 10x size team 10x size and more resource team
0: yeah we we try to make sure that basically every new hire is is ready to do like two and a half jobs that said, I also maintain a strict belief in like we are not a 85 hour a week burnout the whole team kind of startup right people have lives I have kids others have kids. We are fully remote and around the world. So we are operating in virtually every time zone. And so we've adopted a lot of policies. Like we have, we have rotating happy hours, for example, where one day it'll be East Coast time. And then the next week it might be Bangalore time. And the next week it might be Pacific time. And not everybody goes to everything. But it, again, it sort of fosters a sense of community in a remote first world where that can be really, really hard to do. Uh, so I think building that company culture Around the startup has been has been really huge for us.
1: Some of the things that you're talking about, to especially like stay up to date and all that's happening in, in AI and and respond accordingly. Like one of the trends that, or it, it's been, for a while, but I think even more so, uh, recently with more capabilities, is this idea of more autonomous agents, right? And agents that can actually do, end to end work. Um, and as opposed to, you know, Microsoft has the notion of more copilot, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, right. you are using an existing tool like Word, Excel, Outlook, and this copilot is there alongside you to, you know, make you a bit more productive in that tool. So right. I guess the question to you is, in this space that that you're in, right? Where do you see the potential, the promise of more
0: end-to-end autonomous agents? Tons. I mean, candidly, tons of space. I think we're going to see so many different kinds of experiments. We're looking a lot at how do we use those kinds of thinking and technology in, uh, you know, for example, the video you saw me generate, um, I'm sorry, not generate, but uh, assemble. Um, some, of the, some of the clips were a miss, right? Well, we can already, and it's, I would call it semi-autonomous, simply put our own computer vision filter back on the first output to look at it and say, Is a human going to want this or let's reject it before anyone even sees it and keep going till it at least seems even closer, right? So that's like a semi-autonomous bridge. The second part where we're looking at similar stuff is on on video performance. So we already know, for example, if we were to take this video and add a a picture-in-picture effect and put it on YouTube, you'll increase your engagement rate by about 30%. We've already proven it over and over again. So that said, we think we can see those numbers go up even more if we could do more dynamic adjustments of video. So one of the things we've been thinking about is can you put post process, put post agents in effectively that can watch how the videos perform? So for example, if I have one of, if I if I make an Augie and it's actually a Facebook ad, can we use the data coming out of the Facebook ad manager to go back into Augie to improve the video and actually re push it back in? Right, so that's where some of those kind of things are for us. I think we'll be experimenting with that later this year. So, you know, I think you'll see a lot of agent-like features this year. I'm sure there will be a couple that are actually spooky good. You know, one of our lead, one of our uh, investors in our pre-seed round is a uh, um, Untapped VC. And Yohei over there is well-known for doing a lot of work. in. Uh, he has a baby AGI platform. And so um, he's obviously very excited about what we're doing. But we watch what he's doing because he's always pushing that envelope so far.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's definitely uh, even pioneered some of the, the the thinking in this space. So it's good to, I'm sure it's good for you all to, to have him on board.
0: Um, as, oh, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah.
1: One of the things that uh, I'm sure the listeners would love to hear is just uh, like, what would you say is something that people are not paying enough attention to in this current moment in, in, in AI? You know, there's a lot of hype or a lot of buzzwords being thrown around, even agents you could argue is, is being uh, very hyped up right now. So yeah, like what what would you say is something that people should be paying more attention to, but maybe currently aren't?
0: It's a great question. I think we we should sort of look at what these waves are, are probably going to look like, right? Like if we think about this first wave of things, in my opinion, what, what I would sort of label it as, is it's bringing everybody up to the median point, right? If you couldn't write a pitch and you go to ChatGPT and pitch, blah, 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 now you've got a pitch, right? Like, so everybody just got moved sort of to the middle. Which also includes the people at the top, right? If you're a great scriptwriter and you start using ChatGPT, GBT, odds are pretty good your, your scripts are going to get worse, not better, right? So, not for, for at least for now. So, I think the interesting thing to me is what comes next from that. So, I went off, went down this weird rabbit hole of reading about uh, AI and chess, um, even though the comps aren't quite right. But I was alive and watching, I remember watching on TV on a terrible, Terrible TV said in my dorm room. Uh, Gary Kasparov taking on Deep Blue for the first time ever. And, you know, I hadn't thought about that again until like two years ago with ChatGPT and everything. It turns out, uh, here's a fun question. I don't, I'm not trying to put you on the spot because nobody would know this naturally. When was the last time a human beat a computer in tournament-level chess?
1: I think the computers have just <laughs> overtaken it. Uh, they have. A long time but ago. It w- yeah
0: but it wasn't back in 94, 95. It was all the way back to, it was it was much more recent in 2007. So the reason I think that's relevant is I then went reading about, well, why? And so at first, the first wave of, of Deep Blue and, and what was going on with those technologies is they had fed the models all of the computer best, the best games played by, by chess grandmasters. What they did after that is after it started being able to win, They built a new model feeding it nothing but the results of the winning chess from the ai no humans in the loop i'm sorry no human um plays whatsoever and that has resulted in this whole next wave of of chess i mean chess scores have gone up by a thousand points since that time and the reason is because the computer started inventing new ways to play so that's why i want people thinking okay everybody can write a script everybody can generate an email and automate their inbox and make a cool image of a, of a of a thing or whatever, what comes next? What happens when all of the baseline is that good, right? And by the way, I'm not sure I know all those answers myself. I, in fact, I would argue I do not know most of those answers. But what happens as you know, they used to say that software eats the world, and so now AI is going to start eating software. So what does that mean next, right? So that's my first thought process. Um, the second one is I think everybody should be thinking less about an AI startup doing x and more of every business that they're used to dealing with using AI to do whatever they do because that's clearly on its way right we're already seeing I mean, heck, half of the chatbots I interact with, like, if I'm trying to return a product on Amazon or whatever, like, those have clearly started getting AI interventions, right? And so I think we're going to see those two things come in parallel is models trained on successful computer models, as well as the sort of everydayness of AI in our lives, you know, for the better and the worse. It's
1: very interesting times, and yeah, we're, <laughs> That's we're true. in war. We're in for a lot more change, probably change that's happening very, very quickly. Um, I guess in the spirit of that, and as we're wrapping up uh, this episode, it's it's been great, Jeremy, uh, chatting with you. Um, is you know, I think a lot of listeners would would love to hear just like, do you have any advice for people who are just like in this moment where they might be in school, they might be a film student, uh, an actor, or actress right now, or you know, just someone kind of who, who's seeing all this stuff and change happening and wondering to themselves what should I do what should I study what how should I prepare myself for this future do you have any you know tips or insight you know, what do, what do you tell your kids like for example
0: <laughs> um, I tell my kids what? to use the tech I I, I say uh, start seeing what it's doing you don't, don't don't use it to replace homework don't use it to replace thinking but use it to see what's going on use it to understand what the current capabilities are and what they aren't, right? Um, The way I get people to sort of think about this in sort of a brief version, and by the way, a a mentor of mine gave me this, but, you know, if you think about what did the computer really do, computer did math, really, that's it, just a lot of math. Now, math lets us do things like video games and, and spreadsheets and whatever, but the first era of computing brought us really, really, really fast math. And that put humans in the position to have that at its at our fingertips. And then you could argue that the next massive thing was the internet connected computer. You could possibly say it goes all the way till you get to the smartphone connect the, the connected smartphone, but fundamentally we all send access to that math anywhere and everywhere. What is AI doing? AI is not really about math. AI is really about predictions. Right. AI is really about trying to guess the answer. Well, as long as AI is guessing the answer, that puts humans in a new role. And that role is we went from fast math to ever connected to fast math to now having pretty interesting sounding predictions for everything. So it's the human's job to apply judgment to those predictions. Did it get it right? Did it hallucinate? Doesn't understand what I'm talking about at all? Is it doing the right thing? right? The analysis components are probably going to get shrunk way down, but I think that we're going to see this era where human judgment is going to become exceptionally important in so many fields because that's what the AI sets us up to do. So, A, get used to playing with these toys. If you don't think there's a use for chat GPT in your life, um, it it is, quote, the lowest hanging fruit of them all. Just... Ask it to prepare you a travel guide going to Rome for three days, or a meal plan for a week for a family of four with restrictive diets, or explain this code to me and go find code off the internet and just cut and paste it. It'll do something for you. It's the one product that it's, it's the only product I've ever seen in, in, in years of building products that no matter what you throw at it, it will do something for you in its very first application. So get a little more comfortable that don't think of it as a thing for other people. Don't think of it as a passing fad, try it out, get your, get, get your hands dirty and then start thinking like, okay, if this can do all these things for me, how can, how can my smartness, how can my brains, how can the patterns only a human can recognize be put to work? And that's what I would say to people.
1: Amazing. Well, that's definitely words to live by. And uh, especially now uh, when yeah, we have to get used to this kind of new world that we're in. But Jeremy, well, thank you so much for coming on the Humans of AI podcast. It's been a, it's been a very fun and great conversation. And definitely looking forward to seeing the the developments of, of Augie. I'll I'll definitely be uh, using it myself. So but yeah, maybe at in the near future we're gonna have you back on to to share the latest.
0: Absolutely, and uh, yeah, please try it out. You go to meetoggy.com. I think in your show notes we're going to have a coupon code to get uh, get get access to premium. So make sure you check out the show notes of the uh, of the episode. Um, and uh, thanks for having me on. It was a great conversation. I loved your questions. It was it was really fun. Great. Right.
1: Well, till next time. Thanks, Jeremy. Hey, thanks for listening to Humans of AI. If you're building something with AI or our perspectives you want to share drop me a note at at alex.humansofai.xyz and be sure to subscribe to my newsletter, Chaos Theory. Until next time, this is Alex, Resident Chaos Coordinator.